Welcome to the first episode of Justin McIsaac Radio. I'm Justin McIsaac, in case you didn't figure that out at this point. You listened to episode zero. Uh, the anticipation's been building. We were supposed to do an episode on Friday. We didn't. That was not on purpose. But uh, nonetheless, it'll be all that much sweeter when you finally get to tune in as you are right now. You, 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 this is the culmination of the entire weekend of you just sitting by your phone, clicking refresh on uh, on iTunes or whatever you subscribe to, however you get this podcast, and, and it's finally here. Uh, the big question, why do a podcast, Justin? And the answer is really because uh, iHeartMedia discovered podcasts a couple of weeks ago, and they want everyone to have one. Uh, that's not the real answer. That's uh, uh, You may recall I used to do a podcast back in the day. Uh, it was more of an interview format, not really talking about stuff, talking about people. Uh, there'll be a little bit of that mixed in here. Uh, as well, but uh, mostly it's just me, me talking with people I like about stuff that interests me, and hopefully it interests you. And if it doesn't, you should find new interests because the things that interest me are awesome. Uh, so, for example, today uh, I talked with Jake on the lake, uh, my boy I used to do a show with on WASR in Wolfboro. We talk about the Celtics, we talk about Kamala Harris, and uh, we'll get into a little bit of the Kaepernick stuff as well. Jake on the lake's a very interesting cat. I met him. Uh, after I got laid off by WTSN, which is why I used to do a podcast, I had a lot of free time. And uh, when you have a lot of free time and you're trying to let people know in the media industry that you still exist, uh, podcast is one way to do it, as I found out. And you may have noticed that a lot of the people I interviewed were in media. That, that wasn't a coincidence. Hey, guys, I didn't die. I just got laid off. So please, please hire me. Please give me for a job. But no, I, uh, I, I met Jake. I, we were doing a, first I was doing a show. It was just an hour-long show. WASR by myself, and uh, I would bring Jake and Alake in because uh, kids are Spitfire, and uh, we, 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 we got along very well. So we started doing a show together. Uh, then we got told we couldn't do the type of show we wanted to do, so we had to do something different. So we did a different type of show, um, which was still fun, but uh, we got a little declawed there. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it was a ton of fun. Jake's great. He's a very interesting dude. He's he's had like a thousand jobs, kind of like I have, but he's had different jobs than I have. He's uh, he's he's made hip hop albums. Uh, he's uh, he's done poetry. He's he's worked in Boston. He's run clubs in Boston. He's he's done all sorts of stuff. He's he's just he's a he's a, he's a, an American original, which sounds like a cliche, but it's really not. And uh, hopefully. Uh, he doesn't take it as an insult because I mean it with love. But uh, Jake and Alake comes on. We talk about uh, all that sort of stuff. And you'll hear that right now on the Justin McIsaac podcast. What's it called? Justin McIsaac Radio, episode one. I don't need to tell the truth, but I never lie. Well, joining me on the uh, Justin McIsaac Radio Podcast, which is not radio but a podcast. I think you figured it out by now. Uh, my former tag team partner at WASR in Wolfboro on a show we called the the Weekday Update so we wouldn't get sued. It's uh, it's the man. How else can you describe him? Jake on the Lake. What's happening, buddy? What's up, brother? Yeah, we had to uh, adjust the name of the, the uh, program. We don't want to get sued. Nobody wants to get sued. Nobody likes to get sued. Uh, I, I, I've, no. I've called Jake at his lakeside abode. He uh, he's been up for for all of two minutes, but he brings the energy. He brings the heat. He brings. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. A, I, I'm more of a I'm more of a night owl. But this is a morning thing, so I'm uh, I'm up. I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm yeah, prepared. It is, we are recording this at eleven in the morning, so I tried I tried to give you a little time to get your beauty sleep in. That's true. That's true. We didn't have to tell the people how late in the morning it was. We could just up with morning. But that's all right. <laughs> I'm all I'm all about the truth telling. I you know. 
That's that, that's my you are, deal. You're an honest man. I appreciate that about you. <laughs> no, you're, you're very upset with me right now. I can tell. It's all right. It's all good. All right. I'm upset with me most of the time. Right too. Under the bus I went. Right under the bus I went. That's fine. Did you forget how this works? That's true. That's true. I miss you. <laughs> I really miss you. So, so Jake and I had a show. Every, it was every day in Wolfboro, and uh, at first we would talk about stuff we wanted to, and then we got yelled at. So then we talked about other stuff, which mm-hmm. we also, which we also liked, but <laughs> that wasn't quite maybe as topical. We would talk about uh, dumb human beings doing dumb things, which was also fun. But we we didn't quite get to give our full. You 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 can express yourself fully here, Jake and Allegra. This is a safe place for you, my yeah, friend. That's what I. Yeah, it was. Uh, we weren't. I wouldn't want to say toothless, but we they they capped our teeth. No, know? it was pretty toothless. But- and then, and then, and then, yeah, it was, it was some super stuff. And then you got fired, and I said, I'm out of here. That's, that's basically how yeah, that worked, right? Yeah, that's pretty much how that shook out. <laughs> so, but now, thanks to the, the magic of the internet, this podcast will go on iHeartMedia, where, where tens of thousands of people, they tell me, will listen to it. And the, the number will probably be a little bit smaller, but that, that, that's okay. One of the things Jake is, uh, is very uh, in love with is uh, his Boston Celtics. I call them his because uh, if I call them mine, he'll. they're mine. There you go. He he will he will fight me, and he could probably even though he's a little smaller than me, uh, height wise, he could probably uh, kick my ass. So I'm not I'm not going to challenge him on that. But uh, here's here's why I wanted to have Jake on for to talk about the Celtics because uh, I I've just about had it with Kyrie and, and his BS, and Jake's going to tell me why I'm wrong, and I appreciate that. Yeah. So go, Jake. I want you to tell me why the Celtics, why, why I should not uh, have be, be at my wits end with Kyrie Irving. Go ahead. All right. Well, let's start with this. I, I get it. He's a he's an enigma. He's a he's not a fun personality. He's not like what Isaiah Thomas was to the city, where he or it wasn't like Kevin Garnett was to the city. He hasn't embraced the whole being a Celtic thing. I get that, and he probably never will, because that's not his thing. Kyrie is a personality. He's his own man. He's a weird dude. He you know he, he conspiracy theorist sometimes and doesn't understand the. Oddly enough, for a superstar, he doesn't understand the ramifications of his words because he forgets <laughs> that the whole country's listening. So that's fascinating. But when it comes to uh, being frustrated with him being honest, I don't know how you could do that. Uh, we always get frustrated with athletes when they don't give us answers, and he is constantly giving you answers, and somehow that's also wrong, which I find fascinating with the, the Boston sports media. But the reality is he's just one of the top five or ten basketball players on earth right now. And you have them on your team, so I don't understand where the negative could possibly come from. I, I get all that. I hear what you're saying, but and I, I do, as you know, I do appreciate when when athletes are honest. But what I don't appreciate is when you're running around, uh, you know, making goo goo eyes at, at at Kevin Durant, like you're you're gonna pack up and go to the New York Knicks. Well, well, you know, this is supposed to be the year we get over the hump and get through the Eastern Conference well, Finals, well, get to the uh, get to the, the NBA Finals. Go ahead. Like like I was just saying before. Who who brought up the New York Knicks? I, did he, did, did, does, does Kyrie control that? Is that Kyrie's he, thing? He can, he controls where he goes, and he's always he's making doe eyes and all throughout All Star Weekend. Him and Kevin Durant, LeBron, they're all buddy. But suddenly, him and LeBron are he friends made, again. All right, back in October, he said, "If you'll have me, I'll resign." Yeah, that's the end of the issue. Then we kept asking about it. We the media kept asking about it because they wanted better answers. They didn't like he's probably going to resign. The rumors sell papers. Well. Sell clicks nowadays, but rumors sell ad space, and that's what that's what he's frustrated with because he can't just hoop. And I'm glad you brought up Kevin Garnett because he said the same thing. He had a, a meltdown with the press too, saying, "You know, I can't just come to work and play ball anymore because you all have me 
going to the Knicks now that Porzingis was traded. He's like, I have nothing to do with that. My agent hasn't said anything. It's just because of how the contracts work out that people like uh, Brian Windhorst, who shouldn't even have a job, the only good thing Brian Windhorst did was go to high school with LeBron James. So after that, that dude just works for Rich Paul and LeBron, making up rumors that don't exist. So if, if the source material ends up back on Brian Windhorst's desk, then it's a lie. I do have to say one of my favorite Brian Windhorst things is when someone else reports a trade and then Windhorst is like, you know, I had that. I just didn't say anything about it. When, when like Woj blows something up and Windhorst is like, oh, yeah, I knew about that. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, no, I, I, just, I just don't even want to say anything. Really? That's how the, that's how media works is you <laughs> hold the story? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good. That's a good, you're a really good you're a really good journalist by keeping all that under your hat. Right, here's 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 my other and really the main point I think with Kyrie that that, that now listen I'm not you know I I I, I do play by play for basketball I watch a lot of basketball unfortunately I haven't gotten to watch as much Celtics this year as I have in the past just because I've been running all over creation and back doing games but what I do watch uh, one thing I've noticed is and and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong uh, the team the rest of the team they look like they're having a lot more fun when Kyrie Irving is not in the lineup. Now, let me expound upon that point, and I hate to give credit to my friend Dave Haley because uh, there's nothing more he likes than credit for saying something, but he did. He, he had a good metaphor for the Kyrie thing. He said uh, the way Kyrie is kind of acting with the team is like if you had a high school team and you had a senior with a bunch of sophomores, Kyrie being the senior, and he said, well, you know, these sophomores suck, but I'm doing everything I can here. What do you want? That, that seems to be the way the team kind of the, – the, 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 I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what happens, but that seems to be kind of from the, from the 30,000-foot view, seems to be how they play when, when, when he's there and when he's not there. Well, I think it's interesting because we don't factor in the teams they play. So everyone loves to talk about how good they were when they play teams without Kyrie. And by the way, that record's only good at home. Uh, away, they are have a losing record without Kyrie, but that's neither here nor there. By the way, that shows the youth of the team right there not being able to win away from home. But uh, the number is their winning percentage better with Kyrie on the floor, regardless. But it's it's one of those things where it's it's the expectation game. So when Kyrie's on the floor, because he's amazing, we expect them to win. So if they lose while Kyrie's on the team, we're all like, yes, this is supposed to be the year we're over the hump. This is supposed to be the year we're going to the finals. When Kyrie's out with an injury, we beat the Cleveland Cavaliers with who named a player on their team. And so we beat the Cleveland Cavaliers without Kyrie Irving, and we're like, oh, well, look. Look at how much better we play. Yeah, against the basement. Like, your expectations shifted, and they looked so much better now without Kyrie because you expected them to play worse, and they didn't. So kudos to the bench for not having a large drop-off, but as far as talent goes, you're just a better basketball team with Kyrie, and Kyrie certainly doesn't seem like the problem me anyway i don't know what you guys are seeing i guess it does that's not what i'm seeing I don't know. It looks like they it looks like they play with a little more. Uh, and, and granted, yeah, they are playing some of the scrub teams. But the expectation coming to this year was to get over the hump because they went to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie, and now Kyrie's back and Gordon Hayward's sure. back, and you're thinking, man, this 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 is going to be especially with LeBron, uh, you know, taking his talents to uh, to, to to L.A. Uh, this should be well, this easy. Is a, this is one of those things. Where it's a combination of things. I mean, you got to think Danny Ainge and, and Brad Stevens overasserted their expectations of Hayward because you got to justify 130 million dollars being paid. So he was probably rushed back into the starting lineup. That caused chemistry issues. Uh, everybody's got to learn to play together again. And the other part is, which is I hate doing this because I hate blaming the young kids, but they overachieved last year and they don't understand that. That's what it feels like to me. 
they feel like, well, yeah, I went to Game 7 of the, the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Well, why did you have the number two seed? Because Kyrie Irving got yeah. 60 wins. No, I get and, then, it. and Jason Tatum uh, played 100 games last injured. year, so he's probably going to have a little of a drop-off this year just because, you know, getting used to that schedule. I get that. Yeah, so it's like, it's, it, it, you know, we got to the NBA, we got to get to the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Because you had home court advantage, because you overachieve at home, Kyrie Irving got you those things. So it's almost like we're giving them, we're not giving Kyrie enough credit for the production he's put out, and we're over, we're, we're overpraising the youth because, Again, the expectation was they weren't going to play that. You, when Kyrie went down and, and Gordon Hayward was out, there's no way you thought, yeah, we're going to the, the, the Eastern Conference Finals. No one thought that. Right. So then to push LeBron to seven games was like, well, maybe these guys are that good. No, they weren't that good. They, uh, they overachieved. And that's okay. Like, that's not a bad thing. It's fun to have an overachieving team. Just can you put the genie back in the bottle is the problem. All right, what's your prediction? Is Kyrie now, Jason Tatum has, like, you know, he's, 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 he's the, the Honeydew Donuts guy now, and he's got the, the auto lace sneakers now, and Kyrie, I mean, uh, I like that. Gary Terry's the face of Puma, and it's like, now how do you get those guys to go, yeah, you are, but now do that with 15, 20 minutes a night instead of 40. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I get it. So, what do you think? Is, is Kyrie, is he gone after the season? What's your prediction? What do you think? No, he's staying here, and more more likely than not, even though I don't like what's going to happen with how many players we're going to lose, more likely than not, we're going to end up with Anthony Davis, who's a player I don't particularly like, but I understand he's talented. So, what what don't you like about him other than his scary unibrow and the fact that he's basically quit on the Pelicans this year? Well, not only that he he quit on the Pelicans this year, um, but he just not only is he not vocal enough for somebody who's supposed to be. Uh, you know, an A1 star. And I mean that in the sense of not necessarily with us, but he didn't seem to petition Dell Demps very hard to keep Boogie Cousins and to keep Rondo. And, I mean, if you're trying to win a title, which I think everybody is, they were never really – I mean, they, I don't think they won one round last year, but him, Boogie, and Rondo for a full season? I mean, that that could have been something. And yeah. they let it – I mean, with Drew Holiday and everybody, and they just let it all they let it all go. And he didn't – he just waited for it to fall apart. And then, well, now I don't want to be here. <laughs> and then, I mean, I don't know. I, I, he, uh, I know he's played like 66, 68 games, which is a lot. I've been at 82, but I don't think he's played a full 82 yet. Yeah. I know some of that's rest, but I mean, the other night he goes out with a shoulder injury randomly. I'm like, uh. Nah, that's a made up shoulder injury. I don't injury. like that. Come so, on. It's just one of those things for me. I know I'm a little guy, but he's what? Seven foot one or whatever. And, and look at the seven footers. They always, you know, knee injuries, foot injuries, ankle injuries. Yeah. always end up becoming a thing. If he's not the number one, if he's not the alpha on a team, though, would he maybe thrive a little better if he's got somebody like Kyrie that, you know, is is, is saying his uh, flat earth stuff and is, you know, is the, the spotlight's all on him. Now, granted, if if, uh, if Anthony Davis comes to the Celtics, the big giant spotlight's going to be on him for a little while. But, you know, Kyrie would soak up a lot of that as the season goes on. You think that helps him? Uh, I don't know. I mean, because I don't think, uh, as much as I just heaped a bunch of praise on him a minute ago, I don't know if Kyrie's as much of an alpha as he thought he was under LeBron. I think he realizes how hard it is to do DVA one number one guy. So maybe it'll help them both. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of Anthony Davis. So I don't know. I know he's good at basketball. I don't want that to come off. People send an email and then like, oh, you're basketball. This guy doesn't know basketball. Like, yes, I know he's a talented player. just not for me. I wouldn't go out of my way for him. But dude, Don't worry. Nobody's going to email me about this podcast. If 15 people listen, we'll be lucky. So it'll be... <laughs> Just, just, well, yeah, but I mean, those 15 people could be hurt for me. It'll be more than that. But uh, all right, so so you predict Kyrie stays with the Celtics. I like that. 
Yes, no matter what, I know Kyrie will be here long term. All right, let's let's shift gears because uh, we have. A, I don't know if you noticed, we've had a we've had this guy in a, in a White House for a couple of years, and he's he's really he's doing his best to drive the country directly into a bridge abutment. And there's going to be another election, yeah. unless there's a national emergency that cancels it or something in 2020. Uh, so it, here we it are. Wouldn't surprise me at all. That's right. <laughs> exactly. We can't. It wouldn't surprise l- me one bit. Listen, I'm going to lose this election. By 45 million votes, we have to have it. It's a national emergency. When things don't go my way, it's a national emergency. Emergency. Anyway, uh, so we are we're currently, especially this past weekend, we are flooded. We are silly with the Democratic presidential hopefuls as the New Hampshire primary is a year away. One of those being uh, Kamala Harris, senator from the state of yeah. California. Who was on uh, the Breakfast Club? Is the name of the iHeart uh, Media show. They work for the same company I do, so we're the same. Me and the Breakfast Club. <laughs> See how that works? Let's plug it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go up to them sometime and be like, "Hey, we're colleagues." And I'm gonna be like, "No, no, we are. We make a lot more money than you do." Oh, no, no, we are. But colleagues. <laughs> but anyway, uh, oh, side note before we get to that. Uh, so I won that that silly uh, New Hampshire Broadcaster of the Year award, and uh, Mike Gorman. For the Celtics, won the won the Massachusetts Sportscaster of the Year award, so we're we're going right. we're, go, we're going to the same banquet, and I, and I'm, that's what I'm going to do to him. I'm going to walk up to him and be like, "Hey, Mike Gorman, I'm Justin McIsaac. You and I are the same," and he's going to pie face me or something. But that's <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate that. Actually, he's a really nice guy. He's probably going to smile and ask you want to take a picture. That's true. He's the sweetest gentleman on earth. And my, my, we'll get to my top five people. I got to take a picture with at that thing uh, at the end of this, I think. But um, so yeah. So anyway, come on, uh, Kamala Harris was on the the, the Breakfast Club, uh, my colleagues' Breakfast Club, yeah. and uh, she gave an yeah. interview, which it, 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 it's, it's kind of been uh, you know chopped up and parsed apart, where she's uh, you know or dissected, I should say. Basically, she said in in college she used to smoke weed, and then it, it, it's kind oh, of a question cool. whether. Okay. It's, she then used to listen to Tupac in college, which would have been impossible because he didn't have albums out, or if later on she'd listen to Tupac or whatever. But uh, you, th- this kind of put a bee in your bonnet. Can you tell people why, please? I don't like the the whole. And this is gonna like I'm a white guy, so this is, this is I gotta tread lightly here because I don't want this to come off as super racist. Um, but as as somebody who's in the in the hip hop community, as somebody who's followed you know, urban media quite closely. This seems to always happen around this vote time, and I, and I feel even more disingenuous when it's someone of color, where Kamala Harris hasn't been on a hip-hop radio, hasn't mentioned anything about hip-hop. You know, it's not like when, when AOC was coming up, just to use, to use her as a random example, mm-hmm. you sort of knew she was from the Bronx, you knew she had an urban feel to her, you knew that nothing she was saying was disingenuous. She's street cred. me, yeah. This, to me, feels like she's, you know, one of those country artists hitting the Chitlin circuit to make sure she gets black people to vote for her. Like, that's so messed up to me. Like, that's so messed up to me. Why don't you tell the black community what you've been doing for them as a prosecutor for San Francisco? Now, if you can't translate your job as prosecutor in San Francisco into being good for the black community, then don't. The end. That's I don't get why you have to come up. I used to smoke weed. Half my family's Jamaican. That's the most. That's it, it. Made me cringe, and I'm white. Like, I don't. <laughs> like, where is this coming from? Like, okay, cool. Um, what? did that factor in when you were locking up people who got shot by cops? Like, I don't get. I want to see your record. I don't. Uh, you're a prosecutor. Yeah, I need to know you weren't corrupt. Like, 
Well, I wasn't corrupt because I listened to All Eyes on Me. Like, that sounds so... Like, think, of, think about it coming from me, okay? I get the prosecutor's job in New Hampshire and decide to run for president. The first thing I do is, like, well, I own uh, a lot of DMX albums. Like, All right. Cool. <laughs> the hell does that mean? Like, I don't... It's not... It doesn't help her politically. It doesn't make her look more human. If anything, it makes me feel like you're lying, like right away. Like you, you just kicked this off by lying. You, you, you know what it was? This was the, uh, this, this was the, uh, uh, the hip hop version of you know when you see like one of my favorite things about I'm running for president is when you see politicians like go to country fairs or whatever in New Hampshire or or like or like uh or spaghetti dinners and they try to look like a human being while eating and it never works out cuz you know they they usually yeah. they usually have like seven forks and and five plates cuz you know cuz they're eating most they get po- killed and yeah yeah most politicians are rich and then they try to eat like a corn dog and it just doesn't work out for them they're like no you're not you're not you, you know you can't get that 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 county fair craig cuz you don't have it don't just don't do that but this, this yeah, to me, that was like here and you know, oh, I'm just like one of you. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> we just put someone who's just like me in the White House, and he's an idiot. <laughs> so I don't want to do that anymore. He's not just like, like you, Jake. Yeah, it's easy. Listen. No, no, no. I mean, like one of them. Like he's got the same IQ as the average American. No offense to most listeners. He's got the, the average understanding of government as most Americans, which right. is fine if you want to sit on your couch and complain about how things work. <laughs> but if you're going to actually. Get in the fight. You need a little bit more knowledge than just uh, government bad. Like what, they're paying you, so do your <laughs> job. Like, no, no, no. He's giving. He's donating a salary. It's all good. It's, it's, he's definitely not making money elsewhere through being president. But no, that's so. So to me, what, what Kamala he wasn't here, just at Mar-a-Lago again, was he? Yeah, he, he was. Mar- oh no, yeah, he was. He's playing golf with Russia. It was. A, it was a national emergency. Right? Not allowed to make money. <laughs> There's a whole thing on that. A monuments clause, rather. Not allowed to make money on being the president. It was that's an impeachable offense, almost certain, but that's all right. He's, he's racking him up. It was a national emergency, but he was at the omelet bar on Saturday morning. Before well, I mean, national emergency does not get in the way of my ham and cheese omelet. Let's be serious. That, I feel what, like what? How could I possibly tackle a national emergency without a tummy full of omelet? I mean. That's a fair. That's, that's a natural progression thing, guys. That is a natural progression thing. That's a fair point. But get, get back to <laughs> Kamala Harris. That, to me, that was yes, we are in the terror dome, brother. Oh like, yeah, we yeah. are. Kamala Harris. That was the uh, that was the equivalent of going, you know, of, of trying to get your, you, you know, I listened to, to Biggie and Tupac cred by going on the the, uh, yeah. you know, the Breakfast Club and saying all that. And yeah, like you said, your, your her career's been built uh, as a prosecutor. Then she was the DA of California. And you know, and, uh-huh. and she's a, a feisty senator. You know, she doesn't take any BS from people, which I like. But you know, just what, what, what do we always say? Like, uh, do what you feel, but be ready to finish what you start. Right? It's as simple as that. That's all I ever want out of people. Bodie knew. I don't know why people don't live by this code. Like, cool. But it, it, look, you made your life as a prosecutor and a DA. Fine. That doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. It doesn't show you a great light in the urban community and the hip hop community. We're not huge on police, but that doesn't mean <laughs> you have to to chuck and jive to get votes. Like, what are you doing? We aren't like. Do you remember Obama going on the Buffalo Club? Bowl? I did. He? Obama, I, don't, I don't remember if like, he did or not. He did. Let me let me tell you. Okay. When he was doing his run for the presidency, he didn't do any of the knickknack things because he knew it wasn't going to play. Right. He his his team knew if he was out there like. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I like Jay-Z. Now, once he became president and Jay-Z wanted to meet him and they developed a friendship, then it seems different when he's like, oh, yeah, I heard the new Beyonce record. 
Yeah, because you had dinner with them. Now it makes sense. <laughs> but if he was like, me and Michelle were dancing to Beyonce single ladies, you'd be like, what are you talking about, dude? Don't no, I can believe that. You listen to a concerto, like... No, no, no. Obama grew up kind of, kind of poorish. Not poor, but poorish. Like, but like. No, he did. But it, once you get to the Harvard Club, bud. Yeah, that's true. I promise you, you're not, you're not banging. You're not banging NWA inside the halls of the Harvard Club. <laughs> so, so your advice is just be real. I guess is what you're trying to say. Yeah, I mean, look. As much as it pains me to admit this, it worked for Donald Trump. Mm. Yeah, he's that got dude did not quibble. Now, granted, he's made no sense and backtracked a thousand times. He never pretended to be anything but an insane rich man <laughs> who would say whatever was on his mind, and people enjoyed that. He won. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he I and guess. just before him, Obama really believed in hope and change. Yeah, he won by going with what he believed in. Yeah, I mean, whoever's... Kamala I mean, Harris came out of nowhere and was like, I'm on the breakfast club, and I smoke weed, and I listen to Tupac. You should vote for me. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> I'm so- I, think, I think it's also insulting to, to voters because it's almost like she dove into a comment section and then came back and was like, this is what I think you guys want. Like, um, okay, but <laughs> that was a comment section on Facebook. I like that. That's, that's a good show. Like, you didn't really ask us what we wanted. You just sort of... Assumed. I do like that metaphor. She dove in, came out, like, "Oh, you guys want this, huh? Here it is." Yeah, you're like, "What?" But I think I, that. I also think one of the one of the struggles is because before all said and done, there's going to be like 20 people running for president. Is like, how do you how do you differentiate yourself? Because listen, uh, right now everybody's getting along. Everybody's saying eh, some version of the same thing. Uh, you know, except for like your billionaires like Bloomberg and whoever that Starbucks guy is, you know. Uh, but but other than that, everybody's kind of on the same. Oh, Schultz, po- Schultz is crazy, man. Schultz is hilarious. He's like, I've got money. You voted for one billionaire once. Vote for me. It's like, oh wow. Yeah, and the amount of the amount of media coverage he gets is, is so amazingly disproportionate to the amount of votes he's going to get. It's, it's 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 banana land. But so I think well, part of- that that factors into the whole thing. I'm uh, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole. This for maybe not really the podcast. Uh, if you're willing to have a buck. Uh, Schultz is, uh, is buying it, which is why I always find it amusing when we talk about, you know, you can't trust what's going on in Venezuela from this media because it's, it's state-run media. Or, you know, you can't trust the Kremlin, it's state-run media. But you can trust our corporately funded media. <laughs> okay. All right. Makes sense. Because it's not the government controlling it. It's this billionaire who's getting... I mean, he held a town hall that wasn't a town hall because he paid for it. Right. So... It's a commercial. It's a one-hour commercial. At least when Ross Perot did that, he said, "Hey, I bought this time. Here's my charts. Look, take a look. We got a four trillion well, dollar debt. See? Say that again. He had charts. I said he had charts. You had to respect that. Schultz goes, uh, AOC's plan is ridiculous, and then the lady goes, "Okay, what's your plan?" And he goes, "Well, it's complicated, but I know that hers is bad." <laughs> so you don't have a plan. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Um, that's scarier than her plan because you don't have one. Right. So I'm just supposed to believe that you're going to fix everything. I mean, you hear a speech on fixing the VA? I'm going to fix it. What are you going to do? I'm going to make it better. <laughs> no, I, get, I know what fix means. I heard, you, you know, don't what? have to redefine I, that. I heard, I've heard these speeches before. I'm, I'm going I'm to make it yeah. great and only I can do it. I, I heard enough of that. Yeah, it, it doesn't work out that way. It just becomes national emergencies and <laughs> debt funding. Right. So, no.
I don't like your ideas. All right, so Jake on the Lakes, uh, we're going to start a uh, we're going uh, what, what do you call those uh, when when you get paid uh, lots of money by campaigns to tell them what to do. Well, what are, we're going to be advisors. Advising. No. Yeah. So so you're the, the Jake on the Lake advisory group tells uh, Kamala Harris, uh, just be you, right? Simple. Just be you. All right. Tell me, and you know what? You know what I haven't had to talk about yet? Her, her prosecution record. Yeah, what? Good? Was it bad? Was it corrupt? Like, I haven't even uh, dived or dove or however you say it. I haven't looked at that yet. Yeah. She's banking on that, I think. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, if she gets the nomination, I'm going to vote for her. If you, if there was a, a sentient pile of Jello running against Donald Trump, I would vote for the sentient pile of Jello. So well, it, it yeah, doesn't even the matter. The problem with, with anything a year out of the election, because no matter, I want to be at 45 nominees. Or, okay, yeah, you're all totally credible. But then not only that, but like the reality of this is, no matter how critical I am of each human, all of them are better than the guy we got. Yeah. And obviously, whoever ends up on the other side, like Trump's defy is not getting my vote, but. I would eventually like to get back to integrity and yeah, like yes, there is a difference between lying and uh, uh, omitting truths. Yes, politicians in the past used to omit truths for certain reasons and purposes that the American public may deem necessary, may not. But at least there was a decorum, there was a level of gravitas, and all of it has been wiped away in less than two years. All of it, right? It's all gone. And I'd like some of it to return. I know it's going to take a while. I know what he's done has ruined our country for decades, but maybe the next person could be a little friendly. You know. Yeah, listen, yeah. we don't care if you lie to us. Just give us the veneer. That's all we're looking for. Well, right? Right. And, and well, not only the veneer, but again, like, what are you lying about? Right. <laughs> like, are you lying about the fact that you had to send some drone strikes someplace that maybe we didn't approve of, maybe we didn't? Okay, that's a level of lie that I understand. You're calling yourself a billionaire and not showing me your taxes? You're just starting off by being a liar. Right. <laughs> no, there was, there was 300. No purpose to it. You're just lying. There was 300,000 people. Lying. There was 300,000 yeah. people at my inauguration. It was great. It was yeah, fantastic. You just, you're just saying things that are false <laughs> over and over again. All right, real quick, because I know you got stuff to do better than talking to me. Uh, our boy Colin Kaepernick, he got paid over the weekend it looks like uh the nfl settling yep. their uh, collusion case with uh kaepernick and uh, eric reed who's who's uh with the team now but it took him forever it took him way longer than it should have to get with the team but uh credible reports say kaepernick is getting somewhere between 60 and 80 million dollars in a settlement with the national football league and what the nfl gets out of this mm-hmm. jake on the lake i think the biggest thing is it goes away a b they don't have to show all the emails and texts and all the other stuff that must have been there for them to write a check that big to our, our our guy Colin Kaepernick. Your thoughts? NFL got off cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They knows nothing. They got off cheap for the PR that storm they're about to ruin. And anybody who doesn't like Colin Kaepernick because you think he's anti-whatever and you didn't like the, the, the Cuba t-shirts and you didn't like... By the way, Cuba t-shirts, one thing, but when he said that Cuba had high literacy rates, I'm not really sure how that's a negative, but the that's a positive trait, but anyway, people are bad about that. Uh, the, 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 the police takes off. Yes, that was poor, poor choice. Absolutely poor choice. Uh, but that doesn't mean he doesn't get to go to work. Right. I mean, could you like, look, look what happened to, to, to flip the script. He wore those tick socks, and everybody was fine with him being kicked out of the NFL. But those MAGA hat-wearing kids who hated that Native American guy, we can't. We, you got to respect their right to wear that hat. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you guys knew what you were doing. <laughs> Right. You knew what you were doing, and you, you kicked him out, and you didn't like him because he was black and he took a knee, and it caused you trouble. Now, 
The problem is you owners are so stupid, and this is why a lot of athletes call it the plantation mentality. I can only imagine what's in those emails. Oh, yeah. To write an $80 million check, can you imagine the gross, disturbing, racially biased things they said about him? How many N-words do you have to say in an email before you have to write someone an $80 million check? What do you, what do you think the number Thank is? Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Like, How many N-words were dropped? Like, hard R. Typed out. Hard R. <laughs> two E's. Two G's. Hard R. How many of those were written out? That they were like, yeah, if this hits us, we're not going to be able to come back from this. Like, yeah, you won't. Because you're awful people. Yeah. Sometimes so, I sometimes I, I think that. Got off cheap. I think Kaepernick deserves the money. Uh, go from there. It's probably gonna end up on the Patriots too, which is weird. Oh, that would be that would be that, you know what that would people would lose their minds over that because uh, the the white supremacist MAGA crew has kind of taken over the Patriots as their team because you know Brady had a had a MAGA hat in his locker once before it became a thing as kind of a joke. And, and so then, yeah. you, know, you know, they they took that as the a virtue signaling that maybe wasn't there, and that's that. Yeah, that would people's heads would might literally explode, Jake. I would love it, and I'd be first in line to get a yeah, Kaepernick Patriots jersey. Oh, I couldn't. I, I'm gonna get two. <laughs> All right, Kaepernick jersey. Get me two, Utah. Get me two. Let's do it. All right, Jake. This is fun. We're gonna do this again. And uh, we're, we're going yes, to. We need to. You're absolutely right. We're going to do it later in the day when uh, when I don't have to call you and, and wake your ass up. To get... <laughs> so, so you can have your. You be- know, a little, a little, a little. Like we said, a little. Just put a little veneer on it. Give, give the people a little, little bit of a shine. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them exactly that I just woke up and then I'm doing this in my boxes. You know. Let's keep. Well, you, know, uh, you know what? That, I wasn't going to go that far, but if you want to, why don't you describe for people what they're what, what you're wearing? Navy blue boxers. They got uh, those uh, anchors on them that look like uh, when you get a tattoo on your arm. But I'm not going to get a tattoo, so I just buy the boxers. Oh, I love you. And I'm shirtless because I just woke up, so I put a shirt on yet. I mean, you may have to take a picture of that and send it to me so we can use it as a screenshot for this podcast. But uh, if that probably get... not going to do that. <laughs> probably not going to send you that, but appreciate the offer. All right, buddy. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate right, you. And we'll do this again. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. All right, there you have it. That was my boy Jake on the lake. Uh, <laughs> it always gets off the rails with Jake. He's fantastic. I love that kid. I uh, can't wait to have him uh, in, in the studio doing this stuff because it'll sound better and the energy yeah, energy's always better when you have someone in the studio rather than on the phone. But uh, what are you going to do? Uh, later this week, we're going to talk to uh, Senator Maggie Hassan. She's going to come on once a month. And just talk about uh, all sorts of all, all sorts of stuff, not necessarily about politics, but about what what it's like being a senator and the day to you know some of it will be issues she's into uh, because uh, you know you don't tell a senator exactly what they're going to do when they come on the show. Like, listen, here's the deal, Senator Hassan, uh, you do what I say. No, 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 that's not how that works. Uh, it's a quid pro quo. So uh, she'll be talking about issues that are important to her. And, uh, you know, honestly, if stuff's important to her, it's probably important to me, too, because I voted for her and I plan on doing it again when she's up for re-election. Voted for her when she was governor. Uh, but we'll, we'll also talk about what, you know, what's being a senator like. Do you have any free time? Do you have any time to, like, be you? Is it like being a parent but only you're a parent of a whole state? I don't know. We're going to find some of those things out. So we're going to tape that Wednesday. Uh, that will uh, come out on Friday. So uh, you can look forward to that. Uh, if you got ideas for guests, uh, stuff you'd like to hear, stuff you'd like to hear me rant about, uh, by all means, get at me on Twitter, at Justin underscore McIsaac. Or you can email me, uh, JustinMcIsaac at iHeartMedia.com. Uh, if you sub- uh, subscribe to this on iTunes, I guess it helps if you leave a rating, leave a review. Only if it's a good one, though. I don't need your negativity in my life. I get enough of that from myself. 
But uh, no, I would love to hear feedback. And uh, yeah, like I said, like, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. And we will see you on Friday with Senator Maggie Hassan. It's not the right time to be sober.